702 Night Talk Call Gugs Mushlungu on 011-883-0702 It's 25 minutes after 9 o'clock. You are still on Night Talk on Cape Talk and 702 with me, Gugs Mushlungu. As always on a Friday, we have the immense privilege of hanging out with the South African doing great things. And as mentioned earlier on this week, speaking to a Cape Town startup that's designed an affordable app for home security. Now, we know the issues of security are big for all of us across income groups and urban rural areas. But very often access to security, particularly private security, is very expensive. And so this startup, um, Jonga Community Alert Systems, tries to make uh, security systems more accessible. And to tell us more about them, we're joined by co-founder at Jonga Community Alert, uh, Nzako Mgiba. Nzako, thank you so much for your time. Welcome to Night Talk. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So the idea to start uh, Jonga Community Alert Systems, where did it come from? How long in the making uh, was it? Um, so the idea actually came up from a, a personal experience of mine. Um, so I've got family who who are staying in, a, in one of the townships in Whitbank. Um, so I was visiting my aunt there, um, and on the very first evening uh, that I got there, people broke in and took close to everything. Um, so obviously when we woke up, we were surprised to see everything was gone. But one thing that we didn't um, expect was that five other houses in the same street were also robbed in the same night. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That obviously got me thinking. I was like, hey, you know, if I had been up, um, if I'd been notified, I might have been up and, you know, stopped the break-in at my house. But, you know, chances are I could have even done something to help someone else, one of the other houses. Mm. And that's where the whole idea of having, like, an alarm system in which that networks between houses in the community came about. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, I would just explored that idea. And over time, we built it up to what it is today. Mm. So where do you start creating a, a security system? I mean, so when, the, the, when you initially had the idea, what did you want it to do? And now that uh, the idea is formed, it, it exists and it has two parts. So the, there's the hardware bit and, um, mm-hmm. and then the software component. So what form has it finally taken? How does it work now? Yeah, so it's, it, it has both those elements still. Um, so the hardware component is like a control panel, a small control panel that you would install on your ceiling of your house um, in, inside the room where you're protecting the most, um, I guess, valuable uh, goods. And then you arm it from your cell phone. So you, you arm it from your cell phone. And then when it's armed, if somebody comes into that room who's unsuspected or somebody you're not aware of, uh, it notifies you on your phone. So it will send you a notification. Um, and then you, it will ask you, is this, is this friendly or unfriendly? Do you know about it or not? Um, and then if it's something that is like, let's say if it's somebody at 2 a.m. in the morning that you're obviously not expecting, mm-hmm. um, then, you, then you panic, right? And then when you panic, um, that notification will get sent to, to the people in your surrounding environment. So the reason why we wanted to do that is because um, we wanted to leverage the strong social connections that exist in the township. Mm. Um, but then also as well, you want to create that awareness in the area. Because let's say somebody is walking on that street now it's in their best interest to know that, oh, okay, this is actually a very dangerous space. But then, you know, chances are you can actually have somebody who can maybe help you. Um, so you also want to have that kind of um, element of neighborhood watch response. Aha. Uh-huh. So it allows yeah. people to also keep a lookout for each other, which is quite important exactly. because part of what's making dealing with crime so difficult is uh, isolation. Um, exactly, or exactly. not knowing what to 
look out for. Like I, I've said many a time, I don't quite know who lives around me. So if something was to go, um, if there was something to be, you know, out of place or strange, I wouldn't be quite sure. Is that normal? Mm. Should I be concerned? Should I let exactly. uh, Nzako know? <laughs> You'd let me know. You'd definitely let me know. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, we've seen many systems being brought to the market, but of course, price is a big one. And particularly yeah. in low-income communities, we know the average household income for p- poorer households is 3,000 rand, 3,500 rand, which, mm-hmm. you know, isn't much. So security then almost, you almost need to make a choice for many households. Do we eat? Do we pay for security? Do we get exactly. to school or do we? Exactly. So in terms of pricing, how did you price Jong and how did you manage to, to get it at this price point? Together, the price point. Yeah, so I, we've, I mean, we've 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 done all of our design and our manufacturing and, and building with with that in mind, you know. And I think that's one of the major differentiators between us is that uh, me and my boy, my other co-founder, we both come from the township, um, so we have an understanding of the dynamics uh, as to you know the cost dynamics, which a lot of the other I guess competitors out there don't. Um, so we had to do a lot of market research to figure that out, and we actually came to that same number of around three thousand. Um, so what we did was that when we were designing our system, we tried to put the, the essential parts, um, not things that are not uh, critical, you know, in terms of safety. So in many ways, our solution is not necessarily the most robust, like, security system that, you know, money can afford, but it is a solution nonetheless. Um, and we were able to bring it down to a cost price of close to around 400 rand. Um, and, I mean, that might still sound like it's a lot, mm-hmm. but if you consider, like, how much you pay for any other kind of system. It's, 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 it's actually quite crazy. Hmm. But I mean, another thing that we've been working on is that we've been trying to be more, like really innovative around our, our like pricing models. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe you can also like kind of give it for free and then recoup the amount on like monthly installments. Mm-hmm. So we're really trying to figure out what's the best possible way that we can do this um, so that it becomes widely available. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Sorry, uh, one of the other things is uh, you guys entered the Sun, the Suntime Safety Ideas campaign, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, there was a a, a a a cash prize to cover the costs of of incubation, and we yeah, hear yeah. about you know why incubation is important, etc. Um, and and until you guys had won the competition, how were you? testing this project or you know get you know doing it better ensuring that you know it, it's it's it, it works you can bring it at the price you want it at how were you doing the the incubation prior to winning the the competition yeah so i think our story is, is very unique um in the sense that we've since the time we started we've actually always been like very like well supported especially within the startup ecosystem here in cape town so the one that Tantan provided wasn't the first time we've been incubated, um, which is, is, is quite unique for startups, you know, that are like, that are like ours in so early stages, ours at the time. Um, but yeah, we had been on, on various incubators. The one that they put us on was uh, Launch Lab, which I really highly recommend. Um, but we'd also been with M Labs before, where we got our first bit of funding from M Labs. Um, so I think it's just the community in, in Cape Town has been very. Um, I guess supportive and very close knit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they've always we've always had the business development that we've needed, um, uh, as well as also the funding, which is, is a great thing. Mm. But I think the value add of these um, incubators is that quite often as an entrepreneur, I guess you know where you want to go, 
and you know where you are now, but the steps in between that are often quite blurred. So those incubators, such as Launch Lab, are, are perfect for that because they help you define those steps that, you know, what is it that you're supposed to be worried about? How is it that you, you hire? How do you do that um, so that you hire well? How do you manage your, 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 your cash flows and mm-hmm. things like that and prepare your finances? So I, I must say, before we got into the incubation for the program, we didn't know too much. <laughs> mm. But, um, yeah, post them, we definitely um, aligned in the right direction. In in terms of this business, was this your first business that you'd started? Or did you have experience as an entrepreneur before? Because you say the incubation process taught you guys quite a lot, which is why incubation is so, so important. But yeah, I wonder if you'd had any other experience before that. Um, no, so it was actually my first business. And I actually started this in my second year of adversity. Um, I'm not currently doing my final year. Um, funny enough, so I'm still a student. Um, so it is my first, my first proper business. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I did stuff like car washes and things like that growing up to make a little bit of extra money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but nothing, nothing too serious. This mm-hmm. is my first major business. I mean, that's a pretty impressive first business, actually. <laughs> I, as someone yeah, who is, you. I don't think I have the, the grit or the, you know, the, uh, I'm not an entrepreneur. So I'm always impressed when people start something and particularly because entrepreneurship is a difficult business. I know we sell it to young people as you know, you must do it. And, you know, more young yeah. people need to get into it. It is tough. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I think what we do is, is close to impossible. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm I'm actually coming to that realization more and more. Like um, today, we were in a, a business workshop that actually it, it made it quite it made it quite real. Like how how real this journey actually is, mm. and all the things that, and, uh, especially as a CEO, that you have to be considering. Um, how do you balance the business of today with the, with the business of tomorrow? Because um, you have to constantly be innovating as well. Um, and how do you also at the same time make sure that you're not neglecting other parts of life, you know, like your personal health, your personal well-being. Mm. So there's a lot of things that you're juggling at the same time. Um, but I think, you know, if one can be perseverant, ultimately the end result is very rewarding. Joined on the line by the co-founder of Jonga Community Alert Systems, a system, a security system designed to assist uh, with home security, particularly for lower-income homes. It recently came out tops at the Santam Safety Ideas campaign, and Zako Mgiba is on the line. If you'd like to chat to him, you can give us a call on 021-446-0567 or 011-883-0702. You can also send us your SMSs on 31702 and 31567. We've got Dr. Carol and Ben on the line from Joburg. Doctor, good evening. Welcome to Night Talk. Uh, hi. Uh, good. Uh, what an amazing young man. He's got a beautiful laugh, I have to say, but wow, well done. Mm. You know what I, I, I was going to say to you? Have you approached the cell phone companies? Because when we do health research, more people have cell phones than anything else. And maybe they can give you the amount up front and then they put it on their monthly installments to people. It is a spectacular idea. Mm. It should be oh, in every home that I... So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, I have a couple of contacts, but I'm sure everyone else does too. And to get hold of the, the big cell phone giants. And then what they do is they hand it out as part of the package mm. and you get paid up front. Mm. That's okay, an interesting that's idea. Helpful. 
There we go. But well done. Wow. Well done. We expect to hear great things from you in the future. Okay. Thanks, Gogs. Enjoying the show as always. Thank you. Finish off at work. Thank you very much Take for your up. call. Have okay. a drive safe, uh, a safe drive home. That's Dr. Carol and Ben. So the idea is about you know how we can get this out to more people. Uh, cell phone companies, a fantastic idea, but they could potentially partner with you um, in you know getting this to more consumers. So very often when we see innovations, particularly around security, they're geared towards smartphones and of course smartphones around the world are growing they're becoming increasingly important uh, and even in a, a country like ours but feature phones are still the dominant um, kind of phone that people use in in the continent but also south africa so in terms of this this app um does it how does it work for 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 feature phones the software bit yeah, so currently um, we haven't designed around feature phones. And I, I think what we did is that we decided to spend a lot of time in the actual market um, to figure out what the smartphone penetration is. Mm-hmm. And um, the, like our findings were actually like very, very surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, it showed that the smartphone penetration is actually a lot higher than, than you think it is, um, especially with all these new low-cost uh, brands such as Xiaomi entering the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so from all the total like households and people that we had interviewed, we found that the smartphone penetration was just above 80%. Um, so that actually kind of validated a lot of the assumptions that we made when we were doing the design phase. So we figured, you know what, this is a great place for us to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there onwards, build, when we build on and, uh, and iterate the actual product, we're going to try and make it more widely available. Uh, in terms of uh, partners, do you guys have any partnerships at the moment to try, you know, get this out to as many households as as possible? Because, I mean, at the core of it, of course, it's about it's you, you guys are running a business, but it has quite a big social entrepreneurship um, drive to it about making safety accessible, particularly to yeah. lower income households. So in terms yeah. of the partners that you maybe are speaking to or are looking to speak to about trying to get this to as many households, who are you in conversations with? Yeah, so the, the, the strategic partnerships are a big um, element of, of our business. Um, and we're, luckily, we've managed to make a lot of great partners. Um, like the company that is helping us with product development um, is a local product development company called Man Make Machine. Um, and they've really helped accelerate just the entire product uh, development on the app side and from the actual device. Uh, and then also in terms of community partners, we've recently uh, partnered up with the biggest on uh, response uh, company that is based here in Kailija, uh, called Mgebe. Um, and we're actually going to be running a 100-unit pilot in, uh, that's going to be... Um, I guess, monitored by, by his company, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. But uh, amongst others, I think other competitions that we've also like entered and have managed to win as well, like the Senate Bank Be Bold competition. So we've had Senate Bank who's been endorsing us um, as well. And then also now post the Suntown Safety uh, Ideas competition, we've had them on board. Um, so they're looking to see how they can build insurance premiums around our products and introduce those into the township. So we've had a lot of great brands come behind us um, trying to help us solve this problem in terms of making um, security more widely available. Mm. So you say you're still studying, which means in yeah. addition to this this project, this business, you are in the middle of your academics. 
How are you juggling that? Because I remember as a student with a full-time job, it wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, how are you managing, you know, especially a startup and startups are all consuming because, you know, you're yeah. building the systems, you're building. So how are you managing to, you know, finish your, your undergrad and be doing this, uh, be part of Jonga Community Alert Systems? Um, I actually get asked that question like very often. <laughs> And there's no clear answer to it, but I think like it definitely helps that I'm at the end of my degree now, especially because things are picking up. So I'm, I'm handing in my thesis on Monday, and then that's done, <laughs> um, which I'm really excited to focus on the startup. Mm-hmm. But um, I think a, a way in balancing is that I, I did try and, and, and put the business aside at times, but I found that I was just so drawn by the, by the problem that I was trying to face. Um, so it wasn't as if you know I needed to be pushed to work on this. It was, it was pulling me. I, I felt this strong sense of responsibility mm. that was you know making me work on this thing. But I guess also as well, um, the major philosophy that I live by is that in, you know in life you make time for the things that you love doing. Um, so I I found a way to balance it and it it, it worked out somehow. <laughs> and I, there's not there's not really a science to it, mm-hmm. but it just means that a lot of the times you know I couldn't chill as long as everyone else was was chilling i'd have to you know work on this um but yeah it has managed to be very successful i mean even in terms of my academic life since working on Ganga in, in the second year my marks have improved really so, is that because yeah. um there was a a link or it w- was the work you were doing with Jonga related to what uh academic program you were doing yeah what you were studying yeah well i'm doing um mechatronics engineering um so there are a lot of uh, like parallels between the two. And I think that's also why I had the confidence to actually decide to build this um, as well. Um, so yeah, there are definitely parallels between, between the two, yeah. What is mechatronic engineering? It makes me think of transformers. <laughs> then, then you're thinking in the right direction because it's exactly that. It's robotics, um, automation, and pretty much technology. Mm-hmm. How can we, you know... Um, innovate and reimagine the future. So it's that kind of a of a of a of a, of a course. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a combination of different engineering disciplines, such as computer engineering, electrical engineering, a bit of mechanical as well. Uh-huh. And did for your? You said you've just submitted your research. Um, if you uh, if you're okay with sharing, what was your specific area? Because you, it, I mean, you said it goes. I mean, the uh, mechatronics is the, the field of study is quite broad. So, engineering, yeah. computer engineering, telecommunication, system engineering. What did you focus on? So, I actually didn't um, do it exactly on the same, um, I guess, field as Jonga. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to do it on renewable energies, um, and I had to design a, a low-cost, environmentally friendly, hybrid renewable energy system for an off-grid community. I know that's kind of a mouthful, mouth <laughs> mm-hmm. but everything that I do, I always, there always has to be a social element to it. Yeah. Um, how, who can benefit from it? How can we solve problems that, expe- that are experienced by African people? Mm. Um, so the problem that I was trying to solve in my thesis was the, the issue of electrification. Aha, uh-huh. and, and specifically people who are off the grid. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I decided to focus my attention on the Gambia. Okay. What can we learn from yeah. the Gambia? I mean, we often hear about, you know, people wanting to move off the grid and um, saying, you know, that might be the future for South Africa. What can we learn there? 
Um, the Gambia is actually a very interesting place. It's actually the smallest um, country in the African continent, which is, which is quite interesting. Um, but I think maybe what you can learn from them is that, you know, we must leverage off our natural resources. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they, they, they are currently um, predominantly um, reliant on diesel, but they're now um, trying to, to make major strides towards utilizing solar um, and other sort of technologies in order to electrify themselves. So I think we definitely have a lot that we can learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just other, generally those countries in the West African side of, of the continent are, 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 really product, are really progressive in terms of like alternative energies. And is that because the, I guess, the fossil fuel energy grid, what, what used to be the norm, is just not viable anymore? It's become too expensive, it's overextended. Why that move? Well, it's not necessarily that it's, it's, it's no longer viable. It's still going to be the primary, um, I guess, utility that we, we're going to be reliant on. Mm-hmm. It's just that the strain off, the strain off it needs to be relieved. Um, so the thing is, also in terms of just like national grids, um, they are, they're good, but sometimes extending them to rural communities can be uh, more expensive than actually just exploring renewable um, small-scale grids in those rural communities. So it's always going to be a matter of implementing something that can um, supplement those systems, but not necessarily get rid of it altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got Jim in Brooklyn on the line. Jim, good evening. Good evening, love. Um, well, I suggested to your operator that the entrepreneur who's marketing that security system should possibly um, approach malls, shopping malls, and get the shops, the various shops, linked together in the mall, not um, making a general alarm should one of them be robbed or attacked, but notifying each other so that they can all then take notice of it. If they make a general alarm, it could result in um, public uh, panic and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing is um, I wanted to mention something else and that's about the revealing of personal tax payments. Um, if, if the government or State Department or Revenue or whoever wants to take uh, action against these people, they're going to have great difficulty because all the dealers and various businesses reveal personal amounts paid in VAT by everybody. They're publicized VAT amounts and everybody can see those. Also, you have to stick your tax certificate on the front of your vehicle. So you're revealing to the public how much you paid in tax. I think they're going to have great difficulty in suggesting that it's illegal to publicize tax payments. Thank you very much for that call. That's Jim in Brooklyn, of course, referring to a conversation we had earlier about uh, what SARS has responded to the book, The President's Keeper. Mm. But Nzako, the idea of malls being another place that we could look at this kind of system, because it's really about making community policing uh, a lot easier. And so you can start looking at it, perhaps a university campus, uh, maybe a shopping mall. There are opportunities for... So where, where you have 
a, a group of people who live in the same area, perhaps who have the same or, or share some kind of relationship, there's opportunity there. Yeah, definitely. I, I think this, like the system has a lot of use cases, um, a lot of which we're also going to be exploring. So besides the fact that we're going to be selling it to residential like households, um, we also plan to tap into the small business market in the township as well. So like your internet cafes, um, your taverns, um, you know, your barber shops, all of those different kinds of places where there's usually a lot of businesses operating in one area. So, you know, we've been asking ourselves the question of, okay, well, how can we empower them to also protect each other and protect themselves? Um, so we've been, you know, exploring the prospect of, uh, of, 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 of implementing a system for them as well. And then also, like you mentioned, varsity residences. So pretty much any single, any, any place in which there are small communities, uh, it's a definite use case for our system. Um, as long as there's a, somewhat of a sense of culture and people at least know the, the person sitting, I mean, staying on the left and the right of their place, um, the system would work uh, perfectly fine in that environment. So this system does still require a level to which we speak to each other. So we, we must oh, yeah. at least know, maybe not speak to each other all the time or attend brides with each other, but yeah, yeah. a sense of, I know who lives epic opposite and front opposite yeah that's when it becomes its most powerful um because you know when you when you download the app for the first time it actually asks you for a list of personal contacts that you you know you want to be the, the first in people who are informed um you know whenever you're experiencing distress uh, situations so it it would be in your best interest to actually know people around you um but i mean if, obviously if you don't then there's no guarantee that you're gonna you're gonna get relief from your situation. But then there's still a benefit in the sense that people who do get the notification are now a lot more aware about their surroundings as well. Um, So either way, it's kind of like a win-win, but you do want an element of response um, to your situation. So it would be in your best interest to know people around you. Mm. In terms of security broadly, I mean, we speak a lot about how we better improve uh, security. We speak about the need for policing. And you guys have done some market research, I mean, very specific to this uh, this, your, uh, this product. But, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of the things, and often there's, and, and some security analysts say, in fact, getting security rights is quite simple. It's not as complicated as we think, we, and it is. And I wonder mm-hmm. if you've got any insights about, you know, some of the things we don't think about but are pretty important if we're going to make our community safer, be it, you know, where we live, where we work, where we exercise, where we study. What did your market research say, if anything, about some of those small implementable tools that we need to be thinking about? Yeah, I think one, one of the major insights that we got from our market research is that it has to be simple. Um, and I think this is where a lot of, you know, uh, the, the larger traditional security companies shoot themselves in the foot because they, they usually make these, these products that do a bit too much, to be perfectly honest. Um, and, and as a result, they're, they're a lot more expensive uh, than they necessarily have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that we realized was that everything that we're designing, it has to be so simple and so quick as well, because time is such a big thing in those kind of situations. You should be able to you know, respond in the, in the, in the, in the, the least possible time. Mm. So I think the, the topic of security is mainly one of simplicity, um, and very quick uh, responses. So those are the two major ones, that we, the insights that we got. But then another one that we got, uh, uh, particularly pertaining to the township market, is that it's a very cash-driven market. 
So, you know, any, implementing any product, let alone security into that space, mm. um, has to bear that in mind is that it's a largely an unbanked market. Mm. So how do you so make it you simple to, for people to still access the products exactly, they need? Exactly. And that's where we decided to, you know, think around um, uh, introducing like a Jonga network on the ground of, of, of community members of that community, that particular community in which we're implementing um, and having them actually go around, do, you know, subscription collections, do maintenance, do um, install installations. And then the beauty behind that is that obviously you're now uh, creating opportunities for employment, mm-hmm. but it's also then people within the community themselves. So they're, well, they're better received by the community um, for these installations, for this maintenance work. Um, yeah, so that's a major thing, that people want to see uh, people from the community. Mm-hmm. Um, they want it to be simple. They want it to be very quick and easy, intuitive. Um, and yeah, they want to be able to pay in cash. So I'm also quite interested, and unfortunately, we're not going to have a lot of time for it. So the idea that you looked at for your your thesis, um, mm-hmm. uh, do you have any plans to explore that further? I mean, I understand, you know, Jonga is uh, currently at the incubation stage and growing, but that sounds like a really cool idea. Any plans to um, perhaps maybe do some research, uh, develop that uh, further? Um, I mean, how much work are we doing in that space? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very interesting space. The energy space is, 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 is it's good. It's very good, especially because I think, you know, with the rest of the world chasing what they call now the fourth industrial revolution, um, you know, Africa still finds itself, um, you know, chasing the third. And the third industrial revolution was largely the race for electrification. I think the stats have it that, you know, less than 40% of Africa is electrified, which is absolutely shocking. So it's a big opportunity there for research. And I do think at some stage in my life, uh, I am going to be dabbling in the, the energy space. But I think before that, I'm, I'm, I'm particularly interested um, now, besides security, in the agri- agriculture space as well. Mm. Because that's a major opportunity um, that Africa is, can lead in, actually. Mm. Um, you know, in other, in other like, spheres, uh, I've noticed that we, we're generally lagging behind. But in terms of agriculture, the whole world is looking to Africa. Um, because, you know, most of the natural resources are here. Mm. So I want to, after security, do a little bit of research in that space. And then after that, then I'll probably go into energy. Uh, a question on Twitter about the details. How does someone get a hold of Jonga? Are you guys on Facebook, Twitter? Do you have a website? Um, yeah. yeah. So they can get a hold of us on our Facebook page. So if you can just if you just search Jonga, um, I'm sure you will be the, the the one that pops up. You can just find us on Facebook, but we do also have a website that's currently being reconstructed, um, but it should be up by Sunday evening. Um, and then if you want to find us there, it's www.jonga.co. Um, so that's co. Okay, so jonga.co. Yeah, no dot za, just www. Jonga.co. Okay, and that's Jonga uh, Community Alert Systems. Nzako, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you so much for having me. And all the best with uh, uh, the security system. Thank you so much. If you're looking for them, that website again is jonga.co. When we come back, your latest eyewitness news and then the open line.